1: Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing. Get ready for racing action like you've never experienced it. And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of Every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And I have a whole slew of notes here for this game. And like I had a planned introduction and everything. But then I just finished reading the back of the box for this game, which is what we do. I'm not making up those taglines. That's from the back of the box. And I've got a problem with it. When I wrote it down, it didn't seem that weird. But I didn't forget a word here. The game did. It says get ready for racing action like you've never experienced it. No before. Like, you know, like not like, oh, this is going to blow your mind. It's just yeah. like, you've never, like, forget about it. You're going to have racing action like you've never ever even thought of the idea of racing
0: before <laughs> this. I mean, like- yeah, I thought it was saying get ready like you've never experienced racing. <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess it, it it does feel odd now, but, you know, it, it some people talk weird, you know, and we, that doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just weird that they left
0: it on the box.
1: I'm sure Al Unser Jr. is an upstanding guy, and he just made a mistake on the back <laughs> of his box.
0: I, I guess you don't have to say before, right? You could say, like, oh, you, you're going to see fireworks like you've never seen.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, but isn't that different than, like, you're going to see fireworks like you've never experienced it? Like, you're going to see fireworks like it's your first time?
0: You're going to experience fireworks like you've never experienced.
1: But they but they have the it. No. Oh, who has the it? The, the back of the box. Oh, okay. Like, you've never experienced it. Like So they're qualifying the thing you've never experienced. But
0: like could be, like, you're going to experience this in a way that you've never experienced
2: it. It's sort of like how some people say, like, oh, that'll do you. Or like... You know, they they mix up the the subject and the, the, the action or whatever, and it's just the way that some people talk, and I think we've just got some colloquialism in our mass-produced box.
0: Uh, just think of how they'll be able to print one extra word in the manual because they didn't use it on the back of the box.
2: That's true. There is a budget, a word budget. You guys,
0: remember Al Unser Jr.? I'm pretty sure this is all made up. <laughs>
1: No, I, I don't remember Al Unser Jr. Al Unser Jr., Um, and, you know, this is not me knowing who he is or anything. This is just looking at the Wikipedia page, nicknamed Little Al or Al Jr. I mean, is Al Jr. really a nickname? It's not a that's nickname. Just, yeah, that's just getting it's, rid of his last his name. name. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Think of how much more he'll be able to name, how many more words he'll be able to name his kids. <laughs> Stop Stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Last week, I thought he was part of F1. Turns out he's part of IndyCar, which is what Sean was saying is different. I, uh, you know, divulged in a little uh, F1 Netflix thing, whatever that's called, Drive to Survive. I watched a little bit of that to get familiar, and then realized, up, oh, it's all for naught because the IndyCar series is completely different. Yeah, but that's what Al Unser participated in, and um, his debut season was in 1982. He finished first in 1990 and 1994. 329 starts, 34 wins, 7 poles. Do you give a damn?
2: I mean, you know, it's weird because, like, we all know that there is a race called the Indianapolis 500. And that the cars are shaped like that. <laughs> and um i never really knew like what those else. are the two
1: things that are true about <laughs> yeah. that particular race yeah, but like for
2: for a long time i thought that was f1 and then you know it actually wasn't until i played this game that's a little bit of a spoiler that you know i kind of had played a bit of this game before the record of the last episode um that they are different and um the fact that this Mr. Unser Jr. has like, co-owns the record of wins at that very famous race that I wasn't really sure what it was, that's still impressive. So, I guess I care in so much that I care about motorsport existing.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting tidbit. Sean, you bring up a great point, though, and that is that uh, our Northeast is showing right now because uh, people do care about this, especially <laughs> in America. Like, this isn't something where it's like, oh, yeah, those European countries eat this up. It's like, no, the IndyCar series is kind of a big deal, but it's nowhere near like NASCAR. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, for me to say, just because I've never heard of Alan or Jr., that he's not important is weird. You know, like, yeah. volleyball is not a big sport in, in America <laughs> and like most people would forgive us for not knowing those guys but apparently the Unser family has won the Indy 500 nine times which is pretty fucking crazy if you ask me like that is crazy you know uh out of all of the Indy 500s that's a you know like that's a that's a dynasty on some levels how many
0: are in the Unser family of racing is it just Al Unser uh, and Al Unser
2: maybe Unser it's out uh, yeah maybe it's just those two maybe there's a the third somewhere in there hmm.
1: I did have. I don't know where. Oh yeah. So there's Al Unser, Al Unser the third, which is his son. Uh, Bobby Unser, his uncle. Jerry Unser, his uncle. I don't have to keep saying Unser, right? I can. Just like, <laughs> so are these if, like? If I say Robbie, you guys know who the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about, right? Is <laughs> this
2: just a sport created by a family for this family to dominate, <laughs> like, uh, like jujitsu with
1: like the. The Gracies? Like, this or is the Montreal that... Canadiens in the NHL? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, again, I don't know enough, but it's it's wrong of us to assume that um, these people aren't important. Uh, They're not least...
2: all just Max Versteppen, which apparently is an F1 guy.
1: Think about how lucky uh, Data East, the makers of this game, Got by signing Alan Sir Jr. to this deal, releasing the game first in Japan in 1989, probably under a different title, and then in 1990 getting the rights to use his name in North America, and then that same year he wins it all. Like that's pretty impressive for the first time. Wow. Keep in mind too. So like, talk about. So putting they just your... signed
2: some dude before.
1: Well, no, I mean he was he'd been racing for a long time, but he hadn't won the uh the grand prix until then like that same year so he he was signed and it was like you know before that race he was finishing uh in 1989 he finished second in the indianapolis 500 with a note next to it saying that he crashed, which is incredible to he think He crashed you can, and you can't still finished finish second. second in a crash. <laughs> like, how many races were there? Two participants. <laughs> That's pretty Somebody awesome, look up 1989 Indian 500 and find out what happened. <laughs> I'll get Maybe right there was that. just a crash at the race.
2: Not that he was involved in the
1: crash. I don't know. It seems like all of these are saying what happened to him. Because uh, yeah, I mean,
0: could he have? Crashed like over the finish line, or? right? In
1: 1983, uh, his first time at the Indy 500, the note is out of fuel, and I don't think that would be something people would just talk about for that race. Like, that was the race where everybody was out of fuel, like, you know, that was the race where he specifically was. It out. was
2: pretty shortly after we did have a fuel shortage, so maybe like you know, OPEC actually didn't send enough fuel to the race. All right, and if I you guess, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah great. <laughs>
1: And if you can remember Alan's or Junior, surely you guys remember NES racing games. Yeah. Tell me we, about them. We got a couple.
2: Um so, I mean, not all of them are, you know, about most of them are about racing against time or racing against your budget or racing against uh your fuel or or actually racing against other uh Uh, Other vehicles like in RC Pro-Am, there's really only a couple that involve like changing of your uh, your position and overtaking and going fast for the for for more than just the sake of going fast. And this is like, I think, the second the other one being RC Pro-Am.
0: Yeah, it feels like, you know, a lot of them are also, like, more, um... Not as, like, based on real-life things as this, too, you know, where this is, like... No, yeah, this feels more like, okay, yeah, this you're going to try and really simulate what it's like to, to race in this race. Like, you know, you got to do a pit stop, and you got to do... Like, I, I feel like this is both more involved and also maybe more akin to, like, what, uh, like, Blades of Steel is to a hockey fan for, like, someone who's into racing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point because it it borders, right, the arcade and simulation. It's not exactly Gran Turismo yet, but there's definitely more um, driving know-how in Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing than there is in RC Pro-Am, the, the closest equivalent, right? Like, that's a fun little... You're controlling, you know, remote-controlled yeah, like cars from an <laughs> isometric point of view. Like, this is... This is like you're in the cockpit. Is that what they call it? Do they call it the cockpit? Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the cockpit, you know, because it's a different kind of car. It's not, you know, you're not driving PT cruisers. You're driving. Actually, no, that's that's actually a cockpit, too. Oh, cool. So you're always in the cockpit, no matter what. (laughs) What about a motorcycle? Are you in a cockpit? It's a cockpit. I like it. You can change gears. You can control uh, your speed. You can wind down on the turns, and you can prepare for the turns. You can see the course ahead of
2: time Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC.
0: If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best
2: every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind brought to you by the real cost and the FDA yeah here's here's where I'm just impressed like okay we've seen this this uh, this style before like the the camera is behind the vehicle you are going forward there's a pseudo 3d effect going on but we've only seen these in games like mock rider or games like uh, that other thing that we played recently with the spies but it's not spy hunter something like that knight rider yes <laughs> uh games like that but there, there's never the only other game that we played so far that keeps track of cars in position and trying to go faster than other cars is this rc card game from that isometric position so it's just I'm just amazed that it took this long to get to this point where like when I was playing the game, I noticed like because you start with a lot of time trials because you're trying to to get into you're you're trying to actually qualify um, and and get what position you'd be in the actual race. So for a while, you're still not seeing other drivers. And then finally, you get into a race and there are other drivers that seem to be taking like the game seems to be taking into account what they're doing when they're not physically in front of you. And I just found that mind-blowing that, that's, that it's taken this long to get to this point.
1: Yeah, I actually can't figure that part out if you think about it, because it's 26 cars in a race. So, like, where's the... Like, obviously, it's not actually simulating their positions or anything at, at all times, but, like... No. That's some, no, that's some impressive stuff to be doing. Like, you would think you'd be going up against, like, four other cars, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I wonder if it's, like they just, they're just keeping in order and there's like a little bit of RNG like once they're out of sight it's like okay you're going to catch up to them eventually if you keep going <laughs> like, i think
2: that this is closer to like the ridge racer uh form of a racing game where basically you all start at the start line and then a bunch of uh, all the other cars just get off the like just go faster than you for a while and then they end up being sort of evenly spaced in front of you um So over the course of the race, you always have somebody to overtake as opposed to like Gran Turismo, which is actually simulating each car and you can end up blowing past everyone in 30 seconds and not see someone again unless you're lapping them. Um, So it's like a less, it's definitely less of a simulation than it probably is trying to uh, portray itself as, Um, but it's still keeping track of your position. And because you can qualify at certain levels, like you can probably start at the beginning. And I, th- I would still assume that those few cars in your immediate vicinity. So I remember in one of my races, sort of jockeying with, uh, jockeying for position with two other cars near the end of a race. Um, like at least that's sort of being taken care of.
1: Before we uh, take our first lap, let's just, uh, you know, start, let's ground ourselves here for a second. What do you like about racing games? And I'm talking specifically about Al Unser Jr. style racing games, not other games that just involve like a ticking clock or whatever. What is the thrill for you in specific uh, about racing games? Well, I'll say that me
0: personally, there are things like when I'm playing them, it's like I guess I'm thinking more of these older games. It's like the the feeling of speed. Like, I'm impressed by giving that feeling on, like, an NES. Not, that doesn't necessarily translate to, like, modern games because uh, I don't really play racing games. I, I actually don't really like racing games. But it's not like, oh, I'm like, I see it on here, and I'm like, oh, God, another racing game. I hate these things. It's like No, like, I play it, and it's, like, an interesting, fun thing, but it's just never something that, like, I care about enough to pick up and play. Like, if I'm going to play a racing game, it's going to be like Crash Team Racing or something. You know, I, I don't care enough about the cars or the speed. So I'm kind of uh, out of my element when I'm playing this personally.
2: I, I really like racing games. I'm not an expert by any means, I'm really bad at them. I couldn't take an Apex to save my life. Um, but unless it's drawn on the ground. So I really like Forza, and I I do enjoy Gran Turismo. And uh, for a while, I was playing a NASCAR game because it was the only racing game that we had on the PS2. Um, But I really like, you know, for one, gotta go fast, and two, I want to be faster than you. So the just the the simple act of overtaking, whether it's a computer or another player, whether they're next to you or somewhere in the internet uh it just feels good to exert you know assert your dominance uh when fast things are to be part of it it's just you know it's a, it's very it's probably very reptilian brain <laughs> i don't i don't know what the actual psychological reasoning is but that's why i like racing games
1: if it makes sense joe i'm kind of with you where like I don't really know cars and I don't really care for cars or whatever. So it shouldn't be that the cars are what I like about racing games. But somehow what I really like about racing games that I get heavy into is the idea that like you have this car and then you upgrade it, progress with it, like race other cars within your own limitations. So it's not like, you know. You're not dreaming that the Honda Civic is going to beat some supercar, uh, you know, that can go 400 horsepower or something. It's like, forget that. But like, you're racing other Honda Civics. And at first, you enter this race and it's like, yeah, you can't. You
2: probably upset somebody by saying that because that is <laughs> a tuner true. car. Yeah.
1: Well, I believe it. Uh, and yeah, 400 horsepower is probably not even like people are like, I can get mine to 700. It's like, yeah, okay. But never mind. Again, remember don't know anything about cars. If you ask me to point you out, a Honda Civic in real life. I couldn't do it, but I'll tell you where mine is on my Gran Turismo save. <laughs> That's my point is that like, for whatever reason, I actually just like the feeling of progression with your particular car or, um, you know, as Alan Sir Jr. would have it in his game, uh, your particular character, because that is something you do in the Grand Prix mode. It's it's a little bit of a career mode, not unlike what we uh, just saw in Top Players Tennis, where you created a character there. You can create a character in this and. Uh, It it is your car's stats, really, but nevertheless, it's like you upgrade those stats over time to get your car better. You stick with the same car. It's not like you keep unlocking new, faster cars that you don't, like, learn the feel of. And I, I think that's what I really appreciate about racing games. So what is driving like in this game? Not talking about the racing, not overtaking stuff like that. What is driving one of these indie cars like?
2: Yeah, this is um this is interesting because it they've added a lot of complexity. And it's it's not super complex, but they've added a lot of complexity in a racing game pretty fast. We've gone from up to accelerate <laughs> And do nothing to keep it there. To um, now you got now you can accelerate. Now your D pad is a shifter, and then to continue to try and shift up, that's now your turbo. And there's also a brake button that has a semi-realistic effect of braking at the same time of accelerating. Um, so that they've added a lot of systems here that really go beyond the the very basic situations that we've seen in in driving games up to this point
0: yeah i'll say that like it again someone who doesn't play racing games i'm speaking my experience is crash team racing and mario kart basically but this is the first racing game where it felt to me similar to like what i would expect from like a modern game and in fact it threw me off at first because i wasn't like playing like that until i like realized like oh you do kind of have to like break around sharp turns to try and, like, drift a little bit or, or like, you know, change gears and stuff. Like, And once I kind of got that, the hang of that, like, I'm still terrible at this game, but I felt like the controls felt really good.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to find on the Wikipedia article, and keep in mind, again, this is just proof that anybody can add anything to Wikipedia. There wasn't really a source for this. But do you agree with this statement on Wikipedia? It says, in quotations, due to the limitations of the NES curves... Uh, Sorry, due to the limitations of the NES, comma, curves appear to come out of nowhere, making turning unusually difficult.
0: I I do agree with that statement, except for the fact that I think they fixed it by putting signs up. I think that it worked perfectly. I was actually going to mention that before when you mentioned that you could see turns coming, that like you definitely, in real life, will be able to see the turn coming a lot further ahead than you can in the game. So the signs actually really helped me just prepare for what to do.
2: And also, like in real life, you're you're actually going much faster, so that you, it is it is good to have a little bit of a warning. So that's almost a little bit of realism that right there, uh, that the, the the turns sort of just show up. Uh, but no, I th- those those little arrows are very useful. Uh, I again, because this isn't an actual 3D video game, I think turning is always kind of fudged. So even if you're going way too fast and if this were a more realistic game, you'd probably like crash into a wall or go wide out, wide out of the actual track. Um, you get a little bit of wiggle room just because the game can't simulate you uh, completely blowing
1: past a turn. Given the way that both modes, the time trial and the Grand Prix, work, it expects you to learn these courses and play them a lot before you actually commit to the idea of racing them in them if you want to have any shot at winning, right? This isn't something where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to play through um Dolphin Shoals, which is a Mario Kart course. I'm going to play through Dolphin Shoals blind and yeah, you'll probably still finish in first if you're playing against Mario Kart computer characters, right? Like it's not something where you're like, oh, I have to really know this course to do it well. That's true of the time trials and online for sure, but not against Nintendo computer characters. In this game, if you don't take the time to take Al Unser Jr.'s like coaching advice and practice on the course and qualify with a good time, like y- you can't just go on this course immediately into the race and start in twenty sixth place and expect to finish well.
2: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of punishing. Um, I thought I was driving pretty well. I didn't I didn't crash, and I still I think finished like seventh. Uh, playing it blind, and uh, th- this was after many attempts. So I- I'm not saying that that kind of commitment is like should be par for the course in a racing game, especially one that is only simulating so much. Uh, but I, I mean, it, it it it's definitely got a high skill ceiling. But that's that's most NES games, it seems.
1: <laughs> so before we get into the grand prix mode the the premier mode of the game you're first greeted with the idea of time trials which i feel like you know just on a menu thing if i'm gonna nitpick this the time trials should be below the grand prix right like you shouldn't be doing time trials when you start this game you should be learning the career mode and starting with a character and figuring out like what it's like to drive before you try and complete your fastest laps or or uh, wasn't well, that sort course- of what
2: you said prior like you should be playing these tracks you should be yeah but in the in the tracks. practice
1: mode on grand prix like there you practice you get unlimited practices before you have to qualify like the time trial the idea is like how fast can you do it like should you really start there right, i get it <laughs> you know but that also a weird decision is that the time trial has uh time trial a which you would think is like the main time trial mode but that's the one with computer opponents And time trial B without computer opponents. I don't think of time trials as something that like involve other people racing at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So you should just call that a different mode. It's like that's just a exhibition mode, huh? Just nitpicking. Not really. You know, it's not substantial enough. It's great that they included it. I suppose (laughs) they just didn't label it properly.
2: Yes, that is weird. Um, But I, I, you know what, I can forgive a, a misplaced. Menu item, but not two
0: no right once there's two or or any interface that's wrong that's, when or if going. all the
2: buttons make you move like with <laughs> babies or something like that's completely like you cannot survive that
1: and then there's the grand Prix, which uh as we said, uh you can make a character and go into uh basically the first part of the Grand Prix with a really bad car and really bad stats. And you're not trying, it's just like top players tennis again, where it's like, you're not going to have a shot at winning it all in the first season. You know, you have to continuously upgrade your stats, compete in these races, and over time, you'll get there. But unlike uh, top players tennis, this game does allow you to just start the grand prix as al with completely max stats
2: and i I will i'll admit that's how i played the game
1: (laughs) but shouldn't you unlock al
0: after beating the cup that yes i do think maybe not even after beating. at some point later than at the very beginning of the game because i was actually very confused I was like just kind of like okay this is the default You, you play as you play as al whatever and then playing and i'm just like Choose your stats, and they're all maxed out, and all I can do is lower stats. And I'm like, am I confused about something? Like, I I guess maybe if you have like too much speed and too much, like, of two things combined, like, maybe I wouldn't want some of these, but like, I don't know enough about it. I'm just like, why would I, why am I starting with like the absolute best stats, it seems?
2: Yeah, I guess I never, I I mean, I thought about it like, oh, I'm not really getting the full experience here because I'm, I'm not playing in god mode, but I'm, I'm, I'm using like an end game character here, Uh, (laughs) but I, I I think it's still hard. Like regardless of how fast you can go and how tight you can turn or how fast your pit crew can operate. Like it's still hard to win a race in this game. And maybe again, it just speaks to how bad I am at racing games, but I, 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 it doesn't remove all of the, the challenge. It's still
1: weird though. I completely agree with you. I guess it's even more confusing because, yeah, if you don't play the game, if it's your first time playing the game, playing with max speed isn't going to help anybody learn anything. <laughs> that's that's true, actually. I, that may might actually
0: disprove the the point I was going to make, which is, like, I wonder if, if this was done, like, maybe the intention was to have Al Unser Jr. unlockable at the end, and then they realize, like, wow, casual players are just not going to be able to pick up this game and start we we got to give them the ability to be really good off the bat
2: Like if i can't play as al unser jr i'm returning this to media play
0: yeah that's what i say about most games that's why i returned super mario brothers 3
1: because you couldn't play as uh yeah, mario's no you could yeah you couldn't play as mario's uh son's yeah, son right who would have been named mario the third right right all right, back to more <laughs> relevant stuff that is that maybe is funny, unlike that joke. Um, that was funny. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, what do you guys?
2: How do you guys feel about Valvoline? Why? Just because their name is all over this game?
1: Yeah, well, obviously their name's all over the game. They're a sponsor of the podcast. Um, that's important <laughs> to know too. So know <laughs> they're one uh, of those
2: like undercover sponsors where they just waited two hundred and seventy something episodes to finally get name dropped.
0: I didn't notice until you said that. I'm um, watching the video. I didn't notice uh, Valvoline's name all over
1: the place. Right. So they did a really bad job. Right now, yeah, they <laughs> hit it.
2: Their name is uh, in all of the uh, all of the like coach things. Um, yeah, anytime your you, helmet. yeah, it's on like helmet on the on the screen while you're playing, regardless of like where in the race you are. It's every single piece of artwork that isn't just. Uh, the car racing it says velvoline somewhere it's hilarious
0: it's funny i didn't notice at all but i did start uh like scheduling oil changes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it got me subliminally
1: at each race uh the player has the chance to get advice from al unser jr which i guess could be a little confusing if you're playing as al unser I like that we keep calling him Al Unser Jr. Should we should we just start calling him uh, little Al?
2: Al Unser Jr. is <laughs> Little. Only, Al.
0: That's his name. Al Al Unser Jr. Math is his full name. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes.
1: Very good. Another solid joke. Um th- th- this advice, uh, did you use it at all? Did you is it something that you would skip you like, yeah, Al, okay. Like, I'm just gonna play the game.
2: It always seemed like something that is like, oh here you know, the the best way drive a car is shifting properly and it's like the kind of advice that like G Al like wow <laughs> if I knew how to do that properly or like that would be great to do like it, it always felt like very unhelpful advice like oh you know what you should definitely brake uh, and then accelerate out of a turn like yeah I get it Al I know how racing works technically
0: I only like looked at at this one time, really, and then I and I thought, my initial thought was like, I would use this if I played this game for like, a, you know, a much more extended period of time and was really trying to get good at it, but that's because I thought and maybe I misread the one, I thought he was saying like, you need to accelerate you need to accelerate and then break, I thought he was giving me advice for this specific course, like accelerate off the bat, but don't forget there's a turn coming up, so you gotta break on like the first turn because it's too sharp, or something like that that's how I read it, but like, I just sort of skimmed it Maybe he was just saying, after you accelerate, don't forget to brake. The,
2: they are more specified. They, they are, but they, they're still like not
1: not super helpful. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still vague. Gotcha. And unlike my beloved Gran Turismo series, uh, in these races, you can't just uh, sideswipe people and not face any repercussions, which is weird because <laughs> Gran Turismo is a simulation game, but somehow... Everybody agreed that, like, yeah, we don't want to make our cars look damaged. Could you imagine? So uh, in Gran Turismo, you can cheese it, at least in the career mode. I'm sure online there's, like, penalties or whatever. I'm not not about to go online and play (laughs) other people. That's insane. Uh, I'm going to race the computers all day. But here, if you you get into crashes or whatever, uh, accidents of any kind, uh, hitting signposts, all that stuff is going to not only slow you down but also could harm your engine or blow your tires and then you have to pit to get those things repaired yeah
2: um and i think that i think that even though the reason why a game like gran turismo like the reason the reason why they didn't have like damage models was was dumb and it was because the manufacturers of the cars didn't want to see their cars all busted up I, i at least like in this game it makes sense like crashing into another car to get them out of the way is not a valid uh a valid strategy. <laughs> uh the, you're going 200 and something miles away miles per hour uh you were likely to die in a crash like that. So But what yeah. would
1: Valvoline think?
2: Valvoline <laughs> is is all for clean racing and clean engines and they paid me to say that.
1: Yeah, that is stock ticker VVV if you're looking to become a shareholder.
2: Is it VVV? Yeah, it is. I'll buy some more right now. (laughs) Because it's only going... up to the moon.
1: No, that'd be down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd say V's are like downward arrows
1: um which is exactly you know stocks on sale giddy up (laughs) (laughs) there's no there's no time not to buy
2: hey what but when this when this episode airs we very well may have defaulted so everything's on sale valvoline is definitely on sale
1: So it sounds like we mostly played as Al in Grand Prix just to try to get, like, the lay of the land and stuff like that. But any, any interest in, like, playing as a player-made character and taking the time to, like, upgrade your stats very, very slowly? Or is it like, nah, they gave me the juiced guy, so I might as well Only
2: use Only if they were able to, like, give me the option to put, like, neon under my car and, like, really sick vinyl um, and if I could listen to
0: that, like, one Riders on the Storm song, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I think that if if this were, if this was more my thing, and, like, I, I really wanted to, like, sink my teeth into this game, I definitely would want to create, like, yeah, I don't want to play as the super maxed out guy. Like, I, I, I like kind of the, the sorts of things you were describing before, Mike, of, like... That's my Honda Civic. Like yeah yeah, exactly like you know starting from the bottom and like fixing up your car and getting better stats as you go and like feeling that progression um which i guess is like just like a long way of saying if i were interested in it
1: i'd be more interested in it but that's kind of (laughs) where i am and there is a it's a lengthy grand prix it's not just like you go on like a world tour Right, yeah, you go on a world tour, and there are different locations and they are somewhat based, not not one to one, but they are based on real courses. Uh, so I think for the enthusiast, there's a lot here, even if for the you know for the everyday person who doesn't really care that much about racing games, never bought a wheel to drive properly in their video games, uh you know, you might just say like, ah, oh, yes. Really freaking hard uh, to do these (laughs) turns, right? And it's also like, how do I... You know, that's one thing we didn't talk about. Think about the controls, right? What's it like driving this car? That was one of my sections earlier. The controls are a little awkward with just the amount of buttons we have. Like in, in modern games... Even if you don't have a wheel or um, an actual sh- uh, stick, you know, to change the gears, or even at, at arcades, they would have the gears for you, right? At least one through four. Um, if you don't have those, on a PS4 controller, PS5, I guess I should say, but I don't own one. But, like, on those consoles, like, you change gears using, like, r Shoulder buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R1, R2, like, uh, you know, stuff like that. Here, you're using... The same buttons that you're also using to steer a little bit, but also to accelerate. Like, you have to be holding down the drive at the same time as you're yeah, shifting up the Yeah, it's weird. Like, gears. there's
2: throttle, and then there's the gear shifter, and the throttle's like A, and then the gear shifter's up and down, and then uh, braking is B, or maybe I'm switching those two up. But no, you're But then right. also, when you're in the third gear, trying to shift up again, that turns on your turbo, and... So I always thought you have to hold it down, and I didn't even know that, like, turbo was a thing in this kind of racing, but it apparently is. Um, And then you have, like, a limited amount of turbo, and then braking kind of... Braking feels weird sometimes because it feels like uh, it it completely brings you to a halt, and I feel like it shouldn't if you're already going 200-something miles an hour, so... It does feel strange, but it does seem more simulationy than it does feel arcade, which maybe what
1: they were going. Through. Yeah, I just feel like there was something a little off about the way it all controlled for somebody who's not like look, we're Americans. We don't we don't really drive stick, right? Like it's like it's already not there programmed in my head and like I get the concept and like I know that like yeah, you hit a certain rotations per minute and then you shift into the next gear or whatever it's not like it's that part's difficult but like i'm not trained to be doing that at all times so it was like hard enough to remember to do that but then on top <laughs> of that to do it with an nes controller was just like man this is really foreign somewhat foreign but um not really uh the sequels and spin-offs for the game is a distant relative of Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing is Al Unser Jr.'s Road to the Top uh, on the Super Nintendo. It uh, ha- was released in 1994, so four years later. What do you think uh, Al Unser Jr.'s Road to the Top does to be
2: different? I want to say that Al Unser Jr. was something of a renaissance, man. So this one probably isn't even about racing. Like This is about like managing a restaurant to the best of its ability. And this is sort of the thing that he did after racing.
1: Sean, there's no way you want me now to like, I desperately want to play a kitchen, a Gordon Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmare <laughs> video game, but for like N64.
2: But it's also Al Anser Jr.
1: Al Anser Jr.'s Kitchen Nightmares.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> just that he just becomes like a video game mascot of all genres.
1: <laughs> He's Data East's main mascot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In an alternate reality, Al Hunter Junior is the Mario. The Al Hunter Junior movie just came out. <laughs> Chris Pratt plays it. Um, I would think that Race to the Top, or Road to the Top, is should be very literal, and that and that's probably like you're driving up a mountain, like rally car, but yes. reverse. Sure, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like yes.
1: Road to the top um, is different because in order. In order to, you know, be the true racing champion, you have to start from the beginning, okay? You don't get to start you don't in Indy racing. Answer. I see. Yeah, see, you have to start at go-karts.
2: Wait, it goes from go-karts to like <laughs> to, to Indy car, you have to start
1: at the invention of the wheel. <laughs> it, it goes it goes crazy, okay, Sean? It goes from go-karts to snowmobiles. <laughs> to the international race of champions which i guess are like you know similar to nascar <laughs> but they couldn't license nascar yeah. but like those kinds of cars and then eventually to the super fast you, indie cars so
2: you're telling me that we jump from you know go karts to snowmobiles and then from snowmobiles to nascar it's the There's natural progression of racing is this like the, this is the actual like farm system we get all of our nascar drivers from the sub the snowmobile circuit
0: well, it's funny because, like, like, go-kart, somehow, I guess I can imagine a line from go-kart to, like, NASCAR, <laughs> but, like, snowmobiles is, like, somewhat lateral to that, <laughs> yeah. like, you've gone off the path a little bit to, to be, like, snow You're now, like,
2: uh, yeah, you're now in the, the niche markets, you've made a mistake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even more interesting is, like, this is a different, like, Data East didn't. This isn't a sequel. It's really just a spinoff because the developers, Radical Entertainment, the publishers, Software, Toolworks. So, to like, other people just said, like, let's make another Alan's or Junior game. But this time, Al, we're going all over the place. Go-karts, snowmobiles. And it's funny because, like, the go-kart racing is, like, you travel across the USA. And then in the snowmobiles, you're, like, in the Alps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's like, you get you really get around. The racing The racing circuits uh, are something, you know, like everybody's uh, of international fame if you're a racer. And the most famous part of our podcast is coming up. <laughs>
0: Al Unser's Essential <laughs> you didn't Games try. List. You didn't even try for a segue there.
1: Oh, my gosh. No, it's Valvoline's Essential <laughs> Games List. Oh, man. I think Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing is a mouthful uh, of of a game. And I can't believe I keep saying his full name each time. He's definitely in my subconscious now. Uh, He's definitely in my vocabulary. Hopefully he shows up in Jeopardy, not like as a contestant, but like as a category of Alenster Jr. stuff. And I I know a little bit more about him now. Um, So that is to say that like, this has all been very educational and um, I had a fun time playing this game. And I feel like people who like racing games ought to really like this game. But then maybe people who really like racing games can also tell us that, like, no, this actually isn't a good racing game for the following reasons. My point is, I'm not good enough at racing games to critique it on that level, and I'm also too much of a casual to say that, like, well, it's just not a good racing game because I'm not good at it, you know? Like, there's a double-edged sword here where either way I'm wrong because I'm not good enough, but I'm also... Not, no, I am bad enough. I see, I'm not good enough, but I'm also bad enough. So, where do I fall on this whole like, is it on the essential games list thing? I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think it is because it's not for the everyday man. And I don't think an essential game has like a limited audience. And I think Allen's or Junior's Turbo Racing, by being the kind of game it is, uh, limits its audience a little bit to just people who already have a familiarity with, um, all all the complicated and complicated not really i mean it's as complicated as 8-bit gaming can get but that is to say too that every console generation afterwards only improves upon this right like you're not gonna see alancer jr's turbo racing do something better than any other modern day equivalent like these are the bare bones features of these racing simulation games and so it's definitely a great racing game. It's one of the few racing games we really have on this system, so kudos to that. But not enough for the essential games list.
0: Joe, yeah, I'm sort of echoing a lot of what you said. I mean, first of all, this isn't my niche, so like, I'm I'm not like the most qualified to talk about it. But I would say that like this is a great like racing simulation game for the time. But I. Like, the difference between this and another game where we say, like, oh, well, even though there have been better types of games in this genre going forward, this is still essential. The difference here is, like, I can feel, I, I can see, like, okay, for the time, this is good, but I can feel the outdatedness of this. Like, I, I don't see a reason for someone who loves, like, a racing game to be like, this is a must play. Like, if you if you want to know the history and you want to see, like, you like an NES style, you like the style... Fine, but like I, I, it feels like this is a this is a cool thing that happened and we're past it. So I'm going to say no,
2: Sean. You know I I do really like this game, and I don't think we're that far off from what could be our first racing central game, unless we already put R C Pro M on there, in which case I'm wrong. But um. Uh, I I don't think we're far off, but I think that some execution is right now that this is an enthusiast game and it really shouldn't be because like Mike said, it's really just the bare bones of what makes like an actual simulation game, a thing like there's, there's shifting, there's somewhat keeping track of where your opponents are. Um, there's, uh, the, there's cornering and braking around turns instead of just going full speed the entire time. Like, there's actual depth to this game. And I think some of it, it just kind of has to do with the control scheme. I know that there really they're, there's really not much they can do with it here. But because of just how many buttons there are on this controller. But I, I can see somewhere on the horizon, maybe we will have an essential racing game. Unfortunately, Mister Mister Unser Junior, uh, he doesn't have it right now. As as just as good as Valvoline's oil is, I can't in good conscience put this on the essential games list right now.
0: Uh, we lost the sponsor.
1: I still said they were good. RC Pro Am is not on the essential games list, uh, but it was voted on by Sam and you, Sean. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, on I, I, December thirteenth, twenty nineteen.
2: So, you know, maybe uh I was maybe I was uh, shafted. But that, that's that's neither here nor there. Right, um, right. I I want there to be a racing game on the essential games list at some point, you know.
1: You may have a good point about the controller though. They yeah, they really needed to like release a wheel accessory with this.
2: Yeah. I wonder what that would look like. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean like yeah, it would it would look really weird if it looked anything like the rest of the NES color schemes and stuff like in as Advantage styled uh racing wheel that's just really bulky <laughs> and um probably not even a full circle. It's like a you know it's like a giant rectangle instead for whatever reason because they were just dealing in absolutes back then. But whatever. Um next week the Astanax uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh Jalico, Jaleco, you choose um it's them Uh, They're the publishers, (laughs) Acom, it's them, they're the developers. I'm him. Yep, Sean's him. And uh, just to, you know, before the show's over, just to, you know, maybe surprise the people that are still listening, unrelated question completely from Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing. I'm just going to try something new here. I'm just going to say, like, what if I just asked a random question at the end of the show? My question for this week uh, that I have thought of, no one submitted this question, what do you do? At any game. It doesn't have to be uh, an NES game. What do you do for a video game that you're playing where the story is absolute cringe? I usually stop playing. You would stop playing because the story is cringe. There's no, well, like, in your scenario, no skip the story and just keep playing the game? Well,
2: okay. It depends on what kind of game you're talking about. I, I, if it's a game where the, uh, where the story plays a pretty deep part of the game then yeah, I'm going to turn it off and just not play it anymore. Uh, If it's a game in which it knows that the story is kind of worthless, but the game is fun, then yeah, I'll keep playing.
1: Yeah, it's a game where they think the story is important, but it's cringe and it keeps working its way in. But technically, you don't need to know anything to keep playing because you understand the gameplay loop. It's just that now you're not really learning anything about the characters or the motivation. It sounds like you're talking about a JRPG. Yeah, most JRPGs, right? Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Joe? For, for me, it's it's more like I used to be very like adamant, like no, like if there's a story, I have to like pay full attention to it. Now I'm a lot more loosened up on that. There are I mean there are plenty of games where I'm still very much in it for the story, but there are a lot of games where I'm just like, you know what, I just this is just a fun game. The story's bad. I don't care. I'm just playing the fun game, but I'll say that I get burnt out a lot on unskippable stories that are just no good. Pokemon, modern Pokemon, is I think like one of the worst offenders of this, where it's just like, hey, this gameplay is fun, but it's like it's cutscene every two seconds of characters I don't care about stuff that like is not interesting, and it didn't used to be like this, and I, I don't need it to be like this, and like that makes me stop playing. So like it 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 also depends if I can just ignore it a bad story and have fun with the game. But if the story is like, um, if the story is encroaching on my ability to play the game and it's bad, th- then I gotta be out.
2: I think that if Alan Sir jr's Race turbo racing, didn't have the love interest, I would be able to pay attention to the story better. Right.
1: Right. And I think it's like another, another thing just to go back to like, It's not that the story is bad. It's just that, or, you know, like that it's essential or whatever. It's just that it's like too childish for you, you know, or or like, or that not even, I don't even want to say that. Like, I don't want to put a qualifier to it, but it's like, yeah, they're telling a competent story. You're just really not jiving with it. It's like, what game are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about all sorts of games, but most recently Fire Emblem Engage, the newest Fire Mm. Emblem game on Switch. It's just one of those things where like, you know what you're doing in the game like you're recruiting characters and if they die they die forever like you want to know their stories and everything but everything is just so like at this point like i've been gaming for 20 years like you can't surprise me with these story arcs they're not interesting and most of them are pretty like basic and bare bones like i'm not surprised by it so yeah i probably should stop playing the game but i like fire emblem type games i like the whole like tactical rpg side of things and so it's totally easy to play that game without knowing what's going on but they do want you to be invested in the story more so than ever
2: yeah fire emblem as a series is just a collection of archetypes that are barely they're barely fleshed out past like they have a name and a quirk and that's pretty much it um three houses was tolerable because of just how much was going on. And that's really what the series relies on, is just, like, there's a lot going on, so they trust you to forgive them not giving all of these characters that much depth. And that's just the way the series goes. Now, you're saying that this is even more unforgivable
1: than it has in the past? I I believe so. Mm. And who am I to talk? I play Kingdom Hearts games, and I enjoy this. I I think that
0: (laughs) so often when I'm like, I'll I'll watch something about like, it just felt childish and I play kingdom hearts like like that's like my that's like my my test of like if it's more childish than kingdom hearts like yeah
2: maybe
1: then that means it. that you're onto something yeah. <laughs> yeah all right that's the episode i'm i haven't figured out how to end these yet after we ask the question but that's how we'll do it right. for now cool cool <laughs>